ears to hear. Come on, say it out loud. I will hear from the Lord. Today. Father, in Jesus' name, we agree together as touching this, asking you for utterance, for the anointing, for your presence, your Holy Spirit moving and working and manifesting, revealing to us exactly what we need to see and hear and know and do right now, in the next days and months, and in this year. We ask for direction. We ask for answers to questions and help uh, solving, uh, simplifying of what people call difficult. And a supply of the Spirit, strength and help to do what we need to do. And we'll give you the praise and give you the glory, give you the thanks, and we'll tell everybody that listen, that'll listen that you did it. You did the good thing in our lives. We'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Everybody said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated. Y'all can be seated. In uh, seeking the Lord about today, like I said earlier, uh, I was prompted about firsts, first things first. And uh, if you would turn with me in the scriptures to Mark the 12th chapter, Mark 12. We've prayed. You're believing with me. God's will and God's plan for this new year going forward and beyond as he tarries his coming is not just pain, strain, and struggle. It's victory. Hallelujah. It's increase. It's blessing. It's glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But it's not all up to him what happens. There's a, there's a manward side and there's a Godward side. There's our part and there's his part. We don't have to work on him to do his part. As surely as we do our part. He's faithful. Hmm? You won't even have to ask him twice. You do what he told you to do, he will do. And bring to pass in your life what he told you. He's so awesomely powerful and so wonderfully faithful and gracious. But what did he tell us to do? What's the priority? What's the first things? In uh, 
Mark 12, you, you see one of the biggest. In Mark 12 and 28, one of the scribes, we'd call this a, a theologian, one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he, Jesus, had answered them well, he asked him, which is the first commandment of all? What's number one? <laughs> What's number one? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There's not many gods. Verse 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, he goes ahead and gives him number two. He didn't ask for that, but he gives you number two. Is like it, namely this, it still has to do with love. It's just number one is love vertical. Number two is love horizontal. Love for God. Somebody said, well, isn't love for man number one? No. No. Love for God is number one. If you don't get that right, you won't get number two right. <laughs> the love we have to love our fellow man with comes from him. If things are not right between you and him, you won't be able to make them right between you and other people. No matter what you do. Everything is built on the foundation. Of our relationship and our fellowship with our Father God, our Creator. Do you believe it, saints? Yes. Number two, second, is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other greater, no other commandment greater than these. Now I know some folks may say, "Well, yeah, but Brother Keith, you're you're reading uh, Old Testament commandments." Um, don't again, don't be foolish. <laughs> love for God is eternal God who is love and loving him was before the law during the law and after the law it is eternal and today the just live by our faith but your faith works by your love. Amen. I mean, nothing works without God. And he just happens to be love. So nothing works without love. And I'm not talking about this goofy idea that a lot of people have about love. I mean, they love pizza, and they love this, and they love that, and they love you, and it's all about the same. But no, no, love is not a feeling. Uh, love is not an emotion. Love is a person. I said love is a person. 
And the power of love is the greatest thing one can experience in this life or in the next. I'm not talking about emotions and feelings. I'm talking about the power of the person of God. If you've been born again, you've experienced that love. If you've walked with Him and fellowship with Him, not religiously, but in reality, you've experienced that love. But you have not experienced all of that love. <laughs> the half has not yet been told. <laughs> I know some years ago, one of the first times I had a real encounter with the presence of God beyond what I had just growing up believing, what my parents believed and grandparents. I was at, at school, Phyllis and I were at Brother Hagin's ministry. I was in the floor one night praying by myself in the living room. And I just had it on my heart to pray extra about some things. And, and you know how sometimes you start about thinking about one thing and you wind up on something else. And, and I wound up in a whole other place. And I wound up praying for a fellow minister that I knew was going through some, some uh, challenging times. And, and uh, as I prayed for them, the love of God for them came up in me. Oh, man. I mean, I cared about them, but not like that. I mean, that was, uh, if you'd asked me, do you love them? Well, yeah, yeah, I do. But, oh, man, the love of God, his love has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That love came up in me, and I was, I was kneeling at a chair. I just laid down in the floor, and I just rolled over. And I thought, this is where I want to live forever, (laughs) is in this, in this love. It is an atmosphere. It is the the presence of the person of God. Heaven requires no star for light. The Lamb is the light. Well, he's love. So in heaven, the light that's hitting people's faces like our sunlight hits our face is love. (laughs) Woo! Oh! (laughs) You'll never want to leave. And you won't have to. Oh, thank God. But this love, the Father wants it reciprocated. He loves us, but He wants us to love Him. Just like you do, people that you love. You want them to love you back, right? Not just want everything they can get out of you. The Lord actually said that to me some months ago. He said, I got a lot of people. You know, he talks to you the way you understand. That's right. That's right. If he spoke to me in another language or in another way, I might not get it. But he talks to me in Mississippi. Mississippi. (laughs) Talks to me in Mississippi. Mississippi country. Uh, But he said... He said, I got a lot of people wanting something from me all the time. 
but very few want to give me anything. Isn't it? Reckon that's true? Of course, if he said it, it's true. But we need to think about that, don't we? You don't always, well, you know, every time you go to him, and the only time you go to him is you want something. <coughs> I need something. I need something. I want something. Well, he, he wants to know, do you care about him? In First uh, Corinthians 8, go there if you would please, and they'll put it on the screen, verse 1. What is the first and the great commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. In 1 Corinthians 8, 1, it says, Now, as, as, as touching things offered to idols, we know we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. But charity, that's an old English word for love, love edifies. We, we could say it like this, knowledge puffs up, love builds up. Knowledge doesn't build you up. It can puff you up. <laughs> you may know what a puff is. <laughs> if something's been puffed, it's full of air. Usually it was hot air that puffed it out. <laughs> Is that right or not? If something got puffed, right? It's a puff. It's a cheese puff. What happened? It's full of air. It got puffed up with hot air. <laughs> and that's what Knowing a bunch of stuff, if that's all you got, that's where you wind up. You think you're so smart. (laughs) It's bad to be dumb and not know you're dumb. What's worse is to be dumb and think you're smart. (laughs) You're in a bad way. Knowledge puffs you up. What does love do? Love builds up. The Lord's been talking to me about something. We'll see if we get into it later a whole lot more. No? Okay. Don't talk about that right now. Okay. Uh, Verse (laughs) 2. Moving right along. You know, uh, who was it told you, Phyllis, don't let you smoke out of your bottle? Huh? Huh? No. Yeah. Mom Goodwin. You know the Goodwins who were close friends, Brother Hagen and Miss Aretha Hagen. I don't know if you know much about that, but they were personal friends of theirs for many years and very spiritual people. And God used them a lot in tongues and interpretation and prophecy. Very spiritual people. And and um, let me just pause right there. Just because you, you prophesy a lot doesn't mean you're spiritual. Not the same thing. <laughs> uh, you got the real thing, and you got what people imagine. But anyway, you were praying, right? Yeah. We were all praying. No, that was our Thursday prayer, me and a couple of other ladies. 
And Mom Goodwin came. Man, y'all were blessed. And one thing she she told y'all or you? Tell me, help me out. Microphone, microphone. looked at me and she said, never through your life let your smoke out of the bottle before it's time. <laughs> and I thought, what does that mean? <laughs> and it's taken me all these years to realize what it means. But yeah. don't let your smoke out of the bottle. Help us, what does it mean? It means don't tell the end of the joke before the beginning. Ah. <clears throat> don't cut uh, down your trees before you lay them bright. Yeah, yeah. Those kind of um, things. Like Jesus' mother some, at certain times it said some things came up and she just pondered them yeah. in her heart. Yeah. Well, can you see this? There are things you should not talk about prematurely. That's, That's when the Lord checked me on that made me think of that. Because I was going to tell you about it. He said, no. Just don't let the smoke out of your bottle. <laughs> if you got a bottle and there's smoke in it and you pull the cork out, what happens? It's gone. And once you get it out, putting it back in is, right? So um, <laughs> um, we, we need to discern times and seasons. It's not okay to just say anything, anytime to anybody. Well, what's wrong? I'm just talking about it. Well, you can be making a big mistake. You can have a lot of problems to deal with because... You were talking about something you shouldn't have been talking about. It was just too early. It was premature. Or just not right. Or they weren't ready to hear it. There's a lot of things that people, they're just not in a place to hear that. And if you bring it up and it causes a problem or they're confused or they make a mistake trying to do something with it, it's your fault because you brought it up. If they'd have never heard it, come on, can you see this? We are responsible for what comes out of our mouth. So uh, that's a phrase you might not have heard before, but don't let your smoke out of your bottle till the right time. Where were we? Huh? Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Knowledge does what? Puffs you up. And so just knowing a bunch of stuff, or even you think you know a bunch of stuff about God, you know a bunch of scriptures, you know a bunch of people's experiences and testimonies, get to thinking you know a lot, that that doesn't mean that you're walking with God, knowing a lot. There's a lot of people who think they know a lot about God, but they don't really know Him personally. And that's what this is saying. Keep keep reading. If any man thinks, let me back up and read it. If any man thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. Those among us who have, who really do have the most knowledge and understanding and wisdom, it's a drop in the bucket compared to what he knows. Right? And no matter how much you think you know, compared to him, it ain't much. When he says, my little children, it's not a figure of speech. 
<laughs> to him, we're like little, little two-year-olds, little three-year-olds. I've actually had that, uh, that impression at times. It's like when a little one comes that was coloring, and it's just scribbles all over the page. And you go, here, mommy, here. And, and, and a good mommy will go, oh, that's so pretty. That's so pretty. But it's just a scribbled mess. But that's where you are. Right? Later on, maybe you can keep it in between the lines. <laughs> Actually use the correct color. But uh, now this is where you are in your understanding and in your ability. But somebody that loves you don't want to discourage you. They want to encourage you. That's good. You're, it's better than doing nothing. Right? And you keep doing it, you'll get better. So that's good, baby. What We're not saying it's a masterpiece to hang in the museum. But we're saying it's good for where you are right now. Right? And that's what so many times, well, I shouldn't say, all the time, that's how it is between us and him. If any man thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yes, as he ought to know, keep going. But if any man, what? Love God, the same is known of him. Now, knowing him harkens back to Adam knew his wife Eve. This is intimate spiritual fellowship with the Creator. It's him be recognizing what you're doing and him interacting with what you're doing. What causes God to notice you? And what causes God to be able to interact with you in, in, so that you experience, not just talk about, think about, you experience Him. What? It's not getting a head full of knowledge. It's what? Loving Him. If you really love Him, He knows that. I said He knows that. And that's bigger than what you know or what you don't know. Come on, are y'all with me? To him, well, wouldn't it be with you? It's the same way with you. If you know that somebody really loves you and really values you and thinks so much of you, cares about you, wants to be around you, hmm? you can overlook a lot of stuff. Is that right? You can overlook a lot of dumb stuff. Man, I'm seeing some nods all over. Huh? Can't you? Why? Because you know, even if they do something dumb or something that rubbed you the wrong way or something that irritated you, you know that's not their heart. That's right. It was a dumb mistake. But but when it comes down to it, they really do care about you. That's right. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you. Go, go to uh, Revelation, the second chapter, please. Revelation 2. Man, this is bigger than I was thinking. Well, I should have known. You mentioned the love of God. It just got... <laughs> uh 
Revelation 2 and 4. Revelation 2, 4, he says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you, because you have left your first love. What happened? They left their first love, or you could say the love they had at the first. And it's also true that at the first, he was first. We're talking about firsts. On the first. (laughs) I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. He goes on to say, remember, therefore, from which you are fallen and repent and do the first works or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your candlestick out of his place, except you repent. Uh, I don't care how big of a cathedral you got. I don't care how many people are part of your denomination. It doesn't matter how brilliant everybody thinks they are. If, if people don't really love God, none of it matters. None of it matters to him. And if it doesn't matter to him, it can't last without him. How many knows he is the light? Right? If the candlestick is giving off any light, where's the light coming from? He's the vine. We're a branch. The branch can't make it without the vine. So what does it mean that you left your first love? Love for God and love for people is not supposed to wane. Selah. Think about that. Let me give you some scriptures so that you'll know we're telling you the truth. Love for God is not supposed to wane. First of all, let me do it like this. You don't have to go there, but they'll put it on the screen for us. Jeremiah... Um, two and one. You don't have to turn there. They'll put it on the screen for us. Jeremiah two and one said, The word of the Lord came to me saying, Go and, and cry in the ears of Jerusalem saying, Thus says the Lord, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your, esp- your espousals, when you went after me, In the wilderness. In a land not sown. Israel was holiness to the Lord. And the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him shall offend. And evil will come upon them says the Lord. This is real insight. Into the person of God. He's saying. At this point in Jeremiah. His people are backslid and they're away from him and he's saying I remember when we first got together what it was like when you were following hard after me when you cared about me Hmm? does it matter to God whether we love him or not it does can you hear this in his words 
He said, verse 2, I remember, says the Lord, the kindness of your youth. He said, back when you were young, we first got together, you weren't hard like you are now. You weren't so defiled and calloused. Your love, the love of your espousals, when you went after me, I was your priority back then. (laughs) You cared about me. You were looking to me. You were following me. Keep reading in verse 4. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, what iniquity have your fathers found in me? That they are gone from me and have walked after vanity and become vain. He said, what what did I do for you to leave me? What, What fault did you find in me? Did you decide you didn't? I wasn't first place in your life anymore. I wasn't priority in your life anymore. Is this God talking? People have imagined all kind of things that he created all this. He gave it a spin and he barely knows what's going on because he's just too big unaffected. That's not what this sounds like. It matters whether we love him or not. It matters whether he's first place to us or not. Matters to him. I said it matters to him. And they couldn't give an answer to that because there was no fault in him. He didn't leave them. They left him. He didn't fail them. They failed him. Can you see this, saints? I never want that. I never want him to, to think of that way when he looks at me. Do you? I never want him to look at me and go, Keith, what happened? Huh? Man. When you first came to me, when you first got saved, what happened? What did I do? What did he do? (laughs) How about nothing except always be there and always love you the same, right? What did I do? What fault did you find in me that you replaced me with something else? That something else became more important to you? That's why he said, I I have something against you, he said to the church there in Revelation, because you've left your first love. Listen to, I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures to you fairly quickly. Romans 12, mm, I'm going the wrong way. Uh, Philippians 1.9. Philippians 1.9, he said, this I pray that your love, what? May abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, can our love increase? Does it have to wane? Does it have to fade until we just get to the point where we don't care anymore? It's not supposed to. It's not even supposed to just stay the same. It's supposed to abound, yet more and more. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 and 10. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 and 10, he says, As touching brotherly love, you need not that I write to you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in Macedonia. And we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Increase in what? In your love. Love for him. Love for each other. 
I want you to sit out loud because you believe it according to these scriptures. Love, love does, not does not have to wane. It doesn't have to wane. It's not supposed to wane and weaken and diminish. It's supposed to abound yet more and more. Why? Because it's not natural. It's spiritual. I said it's spiritual. Spiritual things never have to weaken or diminish or decrease or die. It's God. It's the love of God. And like God, it's not subject to death or decay. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians, I'm just, I'm just confirming this with other scriptures. 3.12, the Lord, First Thessalonians 3.12, the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another. Say it out loud. Increase, increase. And, abound. and abound. You know what abound is? It's akin to the word abundance. It has to do with running over. Increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men. Even, even as we do toward you. He's not talking about something that didn't apply to him. He said it applies to me. Me loving you. You loving each other. You loving other people. And all this stems from us loving him. God. And, that, and, and, and finally, along this line, 2 Thessalonians 1.3, 2 Thessalonians 1.3, which also happens to be on the front of the building. <laughs> on the front of the building out here in Branson. We're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it's meet, because your faith grows exceedingly. Does faith have to decrease and wane and fade? And diminish. What's supposed to be happening with your faith? Every day of your life is supposed to be growing, increasing, getting stronger. Is that right? Reaching up higher, reaching out further, more persuaded, more established in what you believe. And the charity, the love of every one of you toward all, toward each other, abounds. In faith and love, we're never supposed to go down a notch in our faith or our love. If we're decreasing, something's wrong. Hmm? If we love less, we're going the wrong way. Is that right? If we believe less, we're less persuaded. We're less confident. We're going the wrong way. It doesn't have to be that way. It's not supposed to be that way. Have I shown you enough scriptures? Do you believe? Love is supposed to what? Increase and abound. Faith, same way. Same way. Now, look please. In. uh, Let's see, you're there in, in. Yeah, I want you to come back to uh, Matthew. Matthew, the 24th chapter, and we're going to see what what happens when love wanes. Why it happened. In uh, Matthew... 
24 and 12. Matthew 24, 12, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Let me read this from some other translations. Young's literal says, because of the abounding of the lawlessness, the love of many shall become cold. The, the Greek words here describe a cooling off, a, a decrease in temperature. And the reason something, we're, we're experiencing wintertime right now. Hmm? Yes. Do you know why North America experiences cooler, even cold temperatures this time of the year because we are farther from the sun. <laughs> I said because we are farther from the sun, there's, there's tilt and so the angle of the sun puts us at a little distance. Farther, did I not say it right? Further. <laughs> A fur piece. <laughs> We're right here on the Arkansas-Missouri border. Today. <laughs> farther from the sun. Everybody say farther from the sun. There are planets in our galaxy that the temperatures are just beyond imagination cold. Why? Because their orbit is farther from the sun. And you keep going farther and they're just a block of ice. No heat. Less and less heat because you're farther and farther from the sun. Uh, because of the ab abounding of lawlessness. The Amplified says... The love of the great body of people will grow cold. Now this is a prophecy. It, it'll happen. Well, we've seen it. Why? Because of the multiplied lawlessness and iniquity. But he that endures to the end will be saved. And this good news of the kingdom will be preached. Throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then will come the end. Yeah. Why uh, would love wane? Why would it cool off? Lawlessness, looseness, things that are wrong. The Bible said lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and run with patience the race that is set before you. Looking unto Jesus. Got your eyes on him. The author and finisher of, of your faith. The enemy so subtle. 
you're first born again or you've drawn close to the Lord, your love is strong for Him, warm, hot, and the enemy knows. He won't be able to just get you to to forsake God and say, I'm not going to love Him or believe in Him anymore. He he knows that. So what he tries to do is get you to be a little bit loose. Just a little bit. Allow something you know is not completely right. But your flesh wants it. Or your unrenewed mind wants it. And if he can just get you to let a little bit of it, he's got you going the way he wants you to go. Because you might be a a .00001 further, but you're a little bit further. So begins the cooling off. Oh, come on, can you see it? And you won't experience it in the first week or two or a month or two, but you keep doing that and you keep letting some more stuff go and letting some more stuff go. And what happens, you get something else you're interested in. It's your flesh. And so you want to do that all the time. And then it cuts into your Bible reading. Cuts it out. Cuts into your prayer. Cuts into your praise. Cuts into your church. Come on, can you see your church involved? What's happening? You're cooling off. Because your orbit is going further out. Further from the sun. Come on, can you see this? And it's subtle. It's tricky. And it doesn't happen all at once. It can happen slowly. And by degree. Over a period of years. Even decades. Until you get to a place where you just don't care. You don't care if you go to church. Don't care if you read your Bible. Yeah, I've read the Bible. Yeah, I've read that. I know that. Okay. So what? What's the problem? You're cold. And people say, well, you hear people talk about love. Well, that's the way love is. You You can't help who you love. I mean, you fall in love and it's just amazing and then one day it just goes. And nobody knows why. You just look at them and go, you know, I'm not all that excited about you anymore. (laughs) It's not love that wanes and diminishes. Love, real love, is supposed to increase and abound. What happens? Look at the scripture. Look at the scripture. Matthew 24, 12. No, 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 I need to go back. Hold that in your thought. Revelation 2, 4. The Lord's helping us. Revelation 2, 4, he said, I have somewhat against you. Why? Why? Because love waned and nobody can do anything about that. The thrill is gone, as B.B. King put it. The thrill is gone. It's gone away from me. What can I do? What can you do? That's just how it goes. Love, nobody understands it. You love, you're caught up in the whirlwind of it. It's amazing. I think Johnny Cash and June Carter wrote a song about it too. 
We got married in a fever. Hotter than a pepper sprout. But we've been talking about Jackson ever since the fire went out. Fire went out. What happened? Man, it was hotter than a pepper sprout. Oh, we were just, you know, so enraptured with each other. And then, as it always does, wrong. As it has to do, it cooled off. And it just kept getting cooler until it was so cold. Sorry, baby, but I just, I don't love you anymore. I'm sorry. I wish I could make myself. That's a bunch of junk. It's a bunch of lies. It's a bunch of deceit. Come on, are you listening? And here's the thing. Okay, so you leave them and you get caught up in another pepper sprout. Hot. What's going to happen? Three months after that. Two years after. Come on, are you with me? This will be an endless cycle until nobody wants to be around you because they can't count on you for anything. And you're totally feeling led. And if you are feeling dominated, you are an unstable individual. Unstable. The truth is, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't go anywhere. Hallelujah. And it is supposed to change. But only in one direction. Oh somebody should have shouted about that. Only in one direction. is supposed to grow. And increase. More and more. Hallelujah. You can love God more today and more in 2017 than you have ever loved Him before. Hallelujah. And you can love people, your family, your friends more than you have ever loved them before. That's how it's supposed to be. What happened? Come on, read it with me. Uh, uh, Revelation 2, 4, what does it say? What happened? You have left your first love. Why'd you cool off? You left it. You begin to let other things enter in. You begin to focus on them. Love didn't fail. Love didn't quit. You left it. You left your first love. Verse 5, how do you fix it? Remember from whence you were fallen. That's the first step. Man, this is good if I am preaching it myself. This is. Reminds me of my grandma. She used to make, she used to cook over the stove and she'd go, "Mm -mm, that is good if I did make it myself. (laughs) Well, I didn't make it, I'm just dipping it out. Remember, remember, this is the first step. Can you remember how you used to love him? Oh, that's weak. Anybody remember when you first got born again? 
I'm come on looking in the back. Do you remember when you first got born again? Come on. If you do, I'll see it on your face immediately. How many remember when they first? I remember. I was a school kid. I was in junior high. I remember. One thing that astonished me was that I got, I got born again on a Sunday morning in a, in a great Baptist church. And I'm in school Monday morning. And uh, one thing that astonished me, I looked around and all the teachers and all the students I didn't like. I liked them. I was astonished by that. I just thought, what happened to these people? <laughs> they were so I think what I was, I was I 11, maybe 10 or 11. So that was a little earlier than, I'm, than I told you. But I looked around and, 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 and oh, Mrs. So-and-so that nobody liked was so mean. I looked at her and I thought, she's all right. She's all right. And then so-and-so that was such a bully on the playground. I thought, well, you know, he just don't understand. He's all right. What had happened? Come on, what had happened? What had happened? The love of God had been shed. And because my love for God is so real and so fresh, my love for them. Oh, come on, can you see this? Is real and fresh. When you get to where you don't care about people, it's because your love for God has cooled off and waned. Oh, but there's good news. There's good news. You can get closer to the sun. You can get closer to the heat source. Is that right? You can get her warmed up. Get her heated back up. Get your passion back. Get your excitement back. Is that right? Be more in love with God than you ever have been. And oh, friend, that's going to be one of the greatest things that ever happened to your friends and family around about you. That's right then you are going to be so much easier to live with. So much nicer to be around. Don't mean you have to agree with everybody about everything. You can love them when you don't agree at all with them. And that matters more. I said that matters more. What do you do? Why did the love wane? You left your first love. How do you get it back? Oh, friend, this is this big stuff here. People have spent untold sessions with their therapist. (laughs) And about kill themselves with all kind of habits and addictions over the sorrow of not of it being impossible to get it back. You're about to hear how to get it back. Number one, remember, when you put your mind on something, your spirit can contact it. It's real. To be carnally, fleshly minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So I'm going to ask you again. Do you remember? I don't just want you to say yes, I want you to remember right now 
I want you to remember. I'm remembering when I got saved. My dad got up and went to the altar in, in a great little Baptist church. And I so respected my dad, I thought, well, if he needs to go, I probably need to go. And I got up and followed him down to the altar and gave my heart and life to the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Something happened. Come on, help me out. Have you been there? Have you been there? Surely I'm not preaching to a church full of lost people. Come on, help me out. Have you been there? Where, Where were you? What happened? Huh? Did something happen on the inside of you? Did old things pass away and all things became new and the life of God quickened to you and God wasn't just a concept to you, he's a reality to you. He's a reality to you. Anybody remember when you first got filled with the Holy Spirit? First got filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh! Full of the Spirit. Full of life, full of joy, full of power. That's not supposed to wane. That's not supposed to go low, low, low for several years and then have a little peak and high, hallelujah, and then low, low, low. No, it's supposed to go, mm, woo, hallelujah. Hey, woo, hallelujah. Hey, woo, hallelujah. Hey. Hey, woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Woo! Hallelujah! Until one of these days, it's just one last woo, hallelujah, and you're out of here. You're, you're out of this life into the next. Oh, glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! He said, remember, remember, remember what? When you were first in love with him, remember it. Remember, you fell from that place. Remember when you were there, the height of your love. And do what? Repent. Why? Because the reason it waned and cooled off wasn't God's fault. Because you got away. You left it. He didn't leave you. Repent. And here's the next part. Do the first works. Do the things you did. Then. Well, it's not that complicated. <laughs> Do the, see, see, the devil is so tricky. He's like, because I remember when... When Phyllis and I first found out about being redeemed from the curse of the law, we first found out about living by faith. We first found out God loves you. He's a good God. He'll give you a car. (laughs) He'll pay off your house, give you a house. He he will heal your body. We begin to feel we were so excited. Hallelujah. And so as a result of that, man, we'd come in every day after work and sit down on our little uh, uh, imitation leather, which means plastic, uh, couch, black couch with plastic couch with the red uh, shag carpet. <laughs> and, 
And we would take our little tape player that was that big that ran on batteries and we would listen to sermons every night. We'd get more about this. We were so excited. See, what are we doing? It's not four hours of TV. Of ungodly stuff. Stuff ain't got nothing to do with God. It's not just immersed in some hobby. Huh? We didn't have time for all that because we're doing this. Oh, come on. And man, if there's a great meeting somewhere, we got to get over there. Is that right? But see, when you get to the place where you don't have time for the great meeting, because you got this, your love for worldly things has gotten too strong. You left the love for God and love this now too much. What do you do? What do you do? Remember. Was anybody hearing the word of the Lord? Remember how it used to be with you and the Lord. You and other people. Remember. And change what you're doing. And go back to doing what you did then. Oh, that was four people that got. (laughs) How many believe there is nothing worth sacrificing your fellowship with God for? There ain't nothing that good in this world that's worth sacrificing that closeness to him, that excitement in him, that joy, that peace, that being filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit of God. There is nothing, nothing remotely worth sacrificing that. Go back and do what you did then. What will happen? What will happen? What will happen? You'll start warming up. Is that right? The fire burning in you. Might just be a few, oh, you know, gray coals laying there. But he's going to stir it up. And there's going to be embers start to glow a little bit. Is that right? And the Holy Spirit's going to blow on it. Oh, come on, are you listening? And you're going to cut out some world junk. And cut out some flesh junk. And have more time for him. And focus on Him. And actually spend some time in prayer. Fellowshipping with Him. Come on now, you listening. And actually read more than you have to in the Bible. Is that right? Read more than a chapter. Is that right? And just praise God for an hour without anybody telling you to. What's going to happen? Our next thing you know, a flame's going to break up. Is that right? Next thing you know, three or four flames are flickering around. And you ain't cold no more. (laughs) Glory be to God. Somebody say, glory be. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Romans 12, in closing, I think. Romans 12:11 He said don't be slothful in business but be what fervent in spirit serving the Lord Somebody say fervent in spirit serving the Lord Look at the amplified in this verse 11 amplified never lag in zeal And in earnest endeavor 
get rid of the spirit of whatever. Unacceptable. Come on, somebody say unacceptable. Unacceptable. Well, I don't care. You know, whatever y'all want. Go if you want to. I don't care. No, I don't think so. I think I'm just going to sit here and watch another eight hours of TV. No, 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 I just, I don't feel real good. So yet, uh, no, I don't want, I don't care what you do. This is how you lose every relationship in your life. Hmm? This is, next thing you know, you're breathing your last. Alone. And you're out of here. And you realize I wasted all those years. Being passive and letting life pass me by. We got something to be passionate about. Has the Lord done a great thing for us? Oh, hallelujah. Has he saved us for a great purpose? Have we been brought, hallelujah, to this life, to this time, for such a time as this? Can I have, has God given me something? Has he given you something that can make a difference in the lives of people around about us and in his churches, in his ministry, in this world? What what am I waiting on? Just waiting to die? Just waiting to die? No. No. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be a glow. And burning with the Spirit. Serving the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be a glow. Hallelujah. Burning with the Spirit. Serving the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) Boy, that that new plane that uh, y'all gave the church and the ministry and all our partners did. It's got some, it's got some burning engines on that thing, buddy. I mean, it's a, it gets a thousand degrees inside of there. Now that'll burn your cookies. <laughs> Is that right? I mean, you make cookies what about three fifty or so? <laughs> thousand degrees, ain't no more cookies. Is that right? And at nighttime, you see one take off, buddy, it's glowing out the back. And sometimes you right situation on some jet end, you see a flame coming out the back, buddy. I mean a blue flame, a white flame. That thing is hot. And you know what it'll do for you? It'll lift that thing up off this ground. It'll propel it up to 40,000 feet like a homesick angel. And then it'll level out and lay its ears back and run a 600 mile an hour. I'm telling you, you got to have some serious heat. Oh, somebody say you got to have some serious, you got to have some serious heat to do something like that. Well, there's more heat than that in the Holy Spirit. Is that right? And He is in you. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) So you got more than a hunk of chunk of burning. (laughs) 
There is burning love, but it's the Holy Spirit burning inside of you. Is that right? Somebody say, I'm going, I'm growing hotter. I'm growing hotter in the Spirit. A glow, glowing, glowing. Is that right? Fervent in the Spirit. Hot in the Spirit. Oh, glory to God. And when you do, that's going to affect people all around about you. It's that kind of love and faith is catching. It'll stir people up. Other people that have cooled off and didn't realize how much they cooled off, they get around you, see how hot you are. They'll go, I got to get, I got to get stirred up. I look at them. I got to get stirred up. I remember how stirred up I used to be and I got to get back. I'm getting back. I'm getting back. I'm getting back today. Glory to God. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, 